Well, Sunday week seven in the NFL brought about some surprises about the Bills going down to the Patriots, giving up hope for anything positive coming out of the Patriots. The Bills going down. We kind of told you to look out for the Falcons um, going on the road and beating at uh, uh, Tampa. They were able to do that. But how about the Lions? Not losing to the Ravens in Baltimore, but just getting blown out. The Bears getting it done against the Raiders. Can't be surprised. It's not like the Raiders is somebody you can depend on. We thought the Giants might be able to get it done against the Commanders. Uh, Steelers playing a little bit better ball, as are the Broncos playing better balls. Steady as she goes, Chiefs. Chargers still directionless, a problem. And, then of course, the Sunday night matchup, Eagles, Dolphins. Eagles just a more physical team. Um, better at the line of scrimmage, as simple as that. Still got the Monday night matchup with the breakdowns of the Vikings and the Niners. Head on over to LandryFootball.com for the detailed breakdowns of that game, uh, as well as all the breakdowns, the reviews, the film room recaps of all the NFL games from week seven, all the college games from week eight. We got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the football season sale today. You can try it out for a month. You can try it out for six months. But our football season sale is the best deal that we've got going. Try it out today. LandryFootball.com, the 12-month package. It will take you through the rest of the football season. It will break down everything, free agency, draft, uh, recruiting, uh, transfer portal, you name it. We got it for you at LandryFootball.com. From a coaching, scouting, front office perspective, playing perspective, we can break the the college game down, the pro game down better than anyone can. Um, giving you whether it's players, teams, coaches, schemes, LandryFootball.com is where you want to be. You love this podcast. We hope you do. Spread the word if you would. It's free to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network. Do so today, and spread the word if you would to a few of your friends. We'd certainly appreciate it. It would allow us to continue to do this podcast for you, but also would uh, make sure that by signing up for free, you don't miss any of our football content, whether you be a college or pro fan. So let's get to it. It was interesting. The Browns and the Colts had a real interesting matchup. It wasn't the defensive effort of the Browns. The Browns gave up 38 points, but it was a really um, – resourceful way of getting back uh, the lead and taking over at the end. Some interesting calls down the stretch in the game that aided the the Browns in the in the, the process. But uh, the Colts outgained both the Jags and the Browns in the past two weeks, but have lost both. Minshew's turnovers have been costly. Um, it began when the Colts had a 14-7 lead, but that quickly changed when Minshew lost a fumble on a strip sack. Uh, these turnovers, as well as a block field goal by Miles Garrett, who also forced a strip sack in the end zone, allowed the Browns to have a chance to win the game. You know, so Gardner Minshew certainly a good story and a good backup quarterback. But this team is actually pretty decent. And I don't know how good time will tell how good Anthony Richardson will be. But Gardner Minshew certainly is someone that uh, limits their ability. Bears getting it done big time against the Raiders, 30-12. to 12. They beat them by 18 points, which may have surprised many because of Chicago's quarterback situation. It was Tyson Badgett um, was the best quarterback in the game. Wasn't even close. Um, 
Padgett released the ball quickly, accurate, mobile. He had no issues navigating through the Raiders' poor defense. Completed most of his passes. He was 21 for 29, 162 yards and a touchdown. So not throwing it uh, for big-time yardage. He scrambled three times for 24 yards. Nearly threw a second touchdown, but D.J. Moore was guilty of a drop in the end zone. Um, Chicago had a good effort from its running game. Uh, Dante Foreman was a monster. Rushed for 89 yards, two touchdowns on 16 carries. Darrington uh, Edwins ran well. Um, The Raiders were bad on offense and defense. Uh, They had no chance to score with Brian Hoyer at the helm. Uh, Completed half of his passes, but two interceptions. Really bad performance by the Raiders on both sides of the ball. The Giants prevailed against the Redskins 14-7. to um, <clears throat> How would the Giants block the Redskins was kind of the focal point, given that the Washington defensive front had an obvious edge here. It was a disaster of a performance for Sam Howell and the Redskins offensive line. That was the difference in the game. The blocking unit surrendered four sacks in the opening half alone and was guilty of some holding penalties. Howell consistently under duress, was guilty of an interception when he underthrew a soft pass off his back foot. He was sacked six times, yet he still had a chance to win the game at the very end in a 14-7 affair. Uh, It was mistakes and a poor job by Washington's offense here. The defense, well, they did enough to win the game. The Redskins struggled to run the ball. They couldn't get anything done. Saquon Barkley more than doubled anyone else in this game in rushing, 77 yards on 21 carries. But Tyrod Taylor did a solid job, but it was the defense or the inept Washington offense that was the key in this game. Um, We talked about in our previews, look out for the Falcons, maybe getting the Bucs here. Um, Johan Kuhl has now made it a habit of kicking game-winning field goals, but it probably never should have come to it in this game. The Falcons dominated this game. In yardage, they outgained them by 80 yards. They averaged 1.2 uh, yards more per play. Um, the reason this game was 13-13 in the final seconds was Atlanta shot itself in the foot deep in Tampa territory. Odd sequence um, in the second quarter with a red zone trip that saw them call for a run for Cordell Patterson, uh, throw a pass to Keith Smith, and then lose the fumble on a strip sack. The trouble continued following halftime when Ritter botched the snap on Tampa's one-yard line, allowing the Bucks defender to pounce on the ball. This game should have been put away early. I said it before, you know, the Falcons, while not good, the Bucks are certainly no great shakes in their own right. Um, I know they won some games early. It's all you know, don't apologize for that. But when watching the tape, they don't look like they have difference makers in Tampa. And you know, the Bucs had chances to win the game, but they made errors. Baker Mayfield threw a hideous interception. We're starting to see Baker Mayfield be the old Baker Mayfield. Uh, he took a sack on third down on an ensuing drive. He held the ball on too long. And then Falcons were able to get the ball to Kyle Pick. So the takeaway, yes, the Falcons won. But the if you didn't study the game, what you may not know is how the Falcons dominated the game. They outplayed them, but because they themselves are not very good, made tons of mistakes that could have cost them the game. So you have to look at it in terms of, well, they played poorly and made a ton of mistakes. It's not style points. It's not about that. It's about if you continue to make those mistakes, you're not going to beat a lot of teams that were able to win this game. 
the Ravens and the Lions. Don't overreact to the outcome, but the outcome was the outcome. It was a blowout. Um, I don't think the Lions are on their high horse. I don't think they're, you know, full of themselves. I also don't think they're going to go in the tank because they got blown up. I think we're going to see how they respond. Um, Baltimore was ready at home. And the Ravens played with a lot of energy. Uh, they moved the ball with ease against Detroit. Now, look, injuries are a part of the game. You have to deal with it. But uh, full stop, no but. Detroit's secondary was not up to the challenge due to their injuries. Baltimore scored on all four of their initial offensive possessions. Detroit, on the other hand, had nothing to uh, look like they were lethargic. A um, couple of things that jumped out at me. First thing, if you don't, if you're not in the AFC and you don't play Lamar Jackson, you can't fully appreciate the speed in which he plays unless you see it in person. Watching it on film is one thing. Seeing it in person is quite the other. I have noticed that teams in the NFC, they miss angles a little bit more. They truly don't understand how fast he is. The Lions appeared to have the Ravens stopped on their initial possession. They forced the Ravens into a fourth down in the red zone. Given that Baltimore had struggled so much deep in opposing territory, the Lions may have thought they'd take over on downs. Instead, Jackson rushed into the end zone, first of three opening touchdowns. His second was to Nelson Aguiar. Um, Mark Andrews, I think the overall play against Lamar Jackson in the passing game and defending him in the run was something that the Lions seemingly were unprepared for. For the Lions offense, Jared Goff had no chance. The defensive front of Baltimore took over this game. They were constantly in the pocket. He needed garbage time to have respectable stats. Uh, <clears throat> Jamar Gibbs played some. Look, this is a game that's going to challenge Detroit to be more physical. This is a physical team. But they just they just had a day. Let's just see how they respond. Does Baltimore begin to feel themselves? Now, it's going to be interesting to see. Make this. Uh, make of this what you want. It's not about getting blown out. It's about how do you respond to getting blown out. What's going to be the key for this Lions team? How do they correct it? I think they'll respond pretty well. Now, does this show that they're not in the category of Philadelphia or San Francisco? Well, some may think they're not anyway. Time will tell. Patriots get the Bills 29-25. The Patriots have been one of the worst teams in the league. But they turned things around on both sides of the ball, came away with a home win. The Buffalo offense made a huge comeback in this game, but the defense struggled all day. Mac Jones and Ramondre Stevenson were really good. They Pats took the opening drive into Buffalo territory, 14-yard run by Stevenson. Um Buffalo got moving with a 28-yard completion to James Cook, but the offensive pass interference, uh, interference took away a touchdown, forcing the Bills to settle for a field goal. Buffalo came out of the locker room, moved the ball with short completions, check downs to Cook. 
while the Buffalo offense was in good rhythm uh, for stretches, they just, to me, they're too reliant on Josh Allen. It, 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 they've got to make better plays around them. I thought Stephon Diggs made a couple of plays. To me, this was about the Bills' defense. This game was all about what they could not do against a, to this point, an inept Patriot offense. Um, interested to see because it's a little bit of a pattern here. Got some concerns about this Bills team. I, I don't know um, how good they are. We shall see going forward. Uh, I think that they've got potential, but they're a long way away from being a team that can challenge come playoff time. <clears throat> After losing to the Bengals, the Seahawks needed a win to get back on track, stay in the NFC playoff race. Um, Geno Smith was pretty good in the first half against Arizona before struggling with turnovers on the final two quarters. Seattle defense, however, shut down quarterbacks, uh, quarterback Josh Dobbs and the offense. Um, Seahawks had some breaks. Their defense stepped up, played well. I thought the uh, the defense um, – um, play well despite um, being put on short fields. I thought this was a really good defensive effort. Um, Seattle got going early with Kenneth Walker, um, strike to Jackson, Smith, and Ejigba. Um, really good performance. This Cardinal team, which played with a lot of fight early, and they still do. They just, as I've said earlier, they, it's as weak a roster as there in the league. Um, you know, they put a couple of nice drives together. Dobbs played adequately, but just not all that good. Walker, Walker ran well. D, with DJ Metcalf out, uh, Smith and Jigba did a nice job. Hey, the Steelers get one over the Rams 24-17. Um, it was frustrating offensive performance for the Steelers, at least into the fourth quarter. They trailed at halftime 9-3. They were down following a, uh, the third quarter, 17-10. Kenny Pickett's stats were 6 for 13 for 78 yards at the half. He was nearly intercepted by the Rams on one play. It looked like it would take a miracle for Pittsburgh to win this game. However, Pickett caught fire in the fourth quarter. He began hitting his talented receivers. Deep ball, Deontay Johnson's return was big. Pickett led two touchdown drives in the final uh, quarter, as well as another possession, which he milked, milked the clock. Um, um, they kept the ball away from there. There's a bad spot, but they kept the ball away from the Rams in the final drive, proved to four and two. One incompletion in the second half. So it's the fourth quarter performance by Pickett and the Steelers offense was the difference in this one. The Rams outgained the Steelers on the ground despite the loss. They split the workload between Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman. Stafford failed to complete half of his passes after a hot start. Um, so was the difference there. The Chiefs get the Chargers. Chiefs came into week seven as the only team ranked in the top five, both offense and defense efficiency. Both units played well in this game. Uh, the Chiefs continued to be the most consistently good team in the league. I mean, I know the Niners have been good, but the Chiefs have been, like, really good. They've won two Super Bowls, and they are the dominant team also in the NFC West. We can talk about the division. We can talk about what the Rams 
can and can't do. Seattle can and can't do. Um, you know, for the for the in the NFC, but in the AFC, you see Denver not do much, playing better. The Raiders not very good, and the Chargers are done. <clears throat> and the Chiefs have got this division in the back. Mahomes and Kelsey were impossible to stop for the Chargers. The Chiefs accumulated 25 first downs, 483 net yards of offense. They averaged 7.5 yards per play. The Chargers' offense were awful. Um, defensively, the Chiefs allowed some big gains in the first half, but didn't surrender a single point following intermission. Justin and Herbert was constantly swarmed in the pocket, never had a chance to sustain. Um, uh, they were unable to charges unable to score a touchdown in the first half um, by a 49 yard um, um, Joshua Kelly touchdown run, but they did nothing else in the running game. Austin Eckler couldn't find any running room. The Chiefs couldn't do anything on the ground either. But you know they they defend the run. Chiefs defend the run. They defend the pass. They you know they can make big plays. They can get the ball on the playmakers. Um, Kelsey, Valdez, Scanling, Rasheed Rice, all caught touchdowns. McCall Hardeman, this team will get better in the passing game as the year goes along. It's a good team. It's a really solid team. The Broncos playing a little bit better. Get the Packers. So at least it's a win. Um, the Broncos dominated the yards in this game in their opening half. They outgained Green Bay 159 to 86. Packers did absolutely nothing prior to the final drive before intermission. Um, they, um, Love was a big disappointment. It was a pretty easy matchup. His numbers were 21 to 31 for 182 touchdowns and an interception, but he didn't make enough big plays. Um, Russell Wilson didn't light it up either. Um, he was efficient 20 to 29. But, you know, they. when I watch the game, it's a win by the Broncos. There's bad play by Green Bay. And I thought Denver left a lot of plays on the field. But get a win. They got some nice runs from Javante Williams, Jaheel McLaughlin. Uh, they outgained the Packers on the ground. Um, so I don't know that things have turned around. I just think it's a case of they didn't – play all that well, but they played well enough to beat a bad team is what it amounted, <clears throat> what it amounted to. And then the Sunday night game. The Eagles prevailed by two touchdowns. It was a one-score game for the majority of the game. It was 24-17 to 17 in the final quarter. Um, the Dolphins couldn't get off the field on fourth down. It's one of the things that's kind of swept the league is the Eagles have a fourth and short, a third and short, and it's over. In fact, if it's a third and short, it's a free down. I mean, third and short is a rundown. It's going to be a pass down for Philly because they know they can line up in fourth down and, and get it. They converted four fourth downs and four tries. And it's not one of those good play call it. They, it's You know what is coming. You can't stop it. It was a difference. Uh, they converted three of them in the second half, including multiple attempts on a drive when the score was 24-17. So um, Hertz was good. Um, Xavier Howard's down. You get him back. 
this defense has a better chance. A.J. Brown was a monster in the contest. Um, the Eagles struggled to get the running game going. DeAndre Swift rushed for 62 yards. The Dolphins couldn't do anything on the ground. <clears throat> We're seeing most of it was limited to 45 yards. With no help from the rushing attack, Tua had to do all the work. He had him in a position to tie with a possession in the red zone, but he had a weak pass that was intercepted. Didn't have Waddle. Look, what is, what's the takeaway? The Eagles will be in position because of the play at the line of scrimmage, quarterback play, the ability to convert short yardage, um, good defensively. They're going to be in position. What does this mean for the Dolphins? I think there's some positive signs. They're still in they're in good position in the AFC East. I still think that they've got a great chance. I think you know the question's gonna be can can they beat um Kansas State? Well, yeah, they can beat them. Well, they don't know. <clears throat> Here's what it comes down to. Yes, it's about their offense, and yes, playing with a lead is gonna be big. Gotta find a way to run the football. If they can't run the football, you know then everything has to be precise on offense, which there are times where it may not be due to weather, when team you're playing, running the football against playoff caliber defenses could be intriguing. It might be the difference between them having offensive success ultimately or not. Getting a lead is going to be big. And defensively, they need all hands on deck. They're going to need to be able to defend the run. They're going to need to have better help on the secondary so they can play numbers in the box and defend the run. I think the Dolphins have a chance to be a really good team. Championship level, they're going to have to have a lot of things go their way. Whereas if you're talking about like Philly, um, San Francisco, Kansas City, they don't need a lot of things to go their way. I mean, it's – they're going to be solid, and they're going to have a chance to win every game. The Dolphins, in order to do that, they they have one way in which they can win. So they have to get that way going. But it was uh, – it was. I thought the game was pretty good. I thought the game was a little close to the end, and um, Dolphins had every chance. A reminder, you can get more detailed breakdowns on this game as uh, well as uh, – all the college action over at LandryFootball.com. Check it out uh, today. Take advantage of the football season sale. It's the best deal that we've got going. Uh, LandryFootball.com. Um, also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's always great to be with you. Uh, we'll see you over at LandryFootball.com and the next time right here on the Landry Football Podcast on part of the Landry Football Podcast Network. So long, everybody.